Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank So today, Jamie, I was sitting down on my couch enjoying a fresh cortado. I'm afraid, Alexander, I will have to stop you right there. I was wondering what opening bits you were going to do. And frankly, I'm furious you did not start by singing. Much like what we are reviewing this reviewing this week, this will be a sung through podcast. But Jones... But Jones, I know you cannot lie. You like to write down your lyrics till you die. Absolutely not true. How dare you make that accusation? I'm actually improvising all this for the first time ever. Normally I am way more prepared than this and I am terrified. But what say you to that? I was born inside a hellhole. Inside an improv studio <laughs> My mother gave birth to me while doing a long form bit <laughs> uh, Okay, what were you going to do? I'm, I'm happy to go back to your bit I, just, okay. I was so, so ready, I, was I knew down, you weren't <laughs> Okay, go I was sitting down on my leather couch Enjoying a nice, tasty cortado Reading some uh, French 18th century novels When I thought to myself about the title of Les Miserables Or mm-hmm. translated as The Miserables for those mm-hmm. of you who do not speak this very complex French. And I wanted to myself, Jamie, a little pun, if you perhaps. I okay. wanted to give you some situations, and in the form of a self-help podcast, you would help us know what that you could do to make it less miserable. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Um, and so I'm really glad that you said that we're allowed to have 15 minutes before we start talking about the plot of this movie and you're, you've come with an elaborate pre-show bit. So let's go. You're stuck in 18th century France. Okay. Okay. Obvious one to begin with. The king is dead. Uh, I actually think it's 19th century France, but yes. I think mean, was there a king in 18th century France? There, there probably was. The okay, okay, this is not from Lemis. This is yeah. it's just it's a hundred. It's a somewhere between twenty to one hundred and twenty yeah. years before. It's a little okay. before. Also, I, I maybe potentially said that uh, <laughs> Lemis Arabla, the novel, was a uh, hundred years before it was written, uh, as I don't understand the centuries. Eighteen uh, hundreds. There you go. Um, but yes, you're stuck in. Uh, it's the French Revolution. There's uh, the Bastille is being stormed, yeah. uh, and you, my friend, are a local noble. All right, okay. you've been whoring it up around Paris. You've been eating all the cake, and the peasants aren't happy. Yeah, what do you do to make them less miserable? Wait, wait. Am I trying to make my life less miserable, or am I trying to make their, make their life less miserable for them? We'll, we'll do we'll do it simultaneously. Uh, so one, what would you do to save your skin? <laughs> simultaneously, I have to give two answers at once. Um, <laughs> how would I make my own life less miserable? Um, honestly, just build up. I, I think I have the resources, <laughs> and you know, there's only so many people a human ladder can make. Um, and you know, these are peasants; they can't make a real ladder. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going for height here, much like in a zombie apocalypse. I just want to be on the highest ground possible. 
I no Joe, you say you say like a zombie apocalypse. I think we really know that you're thinking in Fortnite terms, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go for some other scenarios uh, okay. from uh, maybe some more kind of uh, you know famous uh, French novels. Okay, um, you're in a uh, you're in a prison for okay. uh, years, and you have a big iron mask over your face the okay. entire time. I'm um, really glad I can't read, so I definitely don't know what book this is from. <laughs> but carry on going. Uh, 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 yeah, okay. Um, what uh, What do you do to spend your time in uh, French jail with an uh, iron mask over your face? Okay, to make your time um, less miserable. Okay, I was being serious. I have no clue what book this is from. So uh, it's 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 a book from a book called The Man in the Iron Mask. Okay, that makes. <laughs> Actually, is that, isn't that or is it just the Count of Monte Cristo? Um, um, either way, uh, can I see out of this mask? Key key, key differentiation. Yes, you can see out of the mask. Okay, I, I can see out of the mask. Can I eat through the mask? Not, not can I eat through Look, the mask? You can't eat iron. <laughs> can, can I be fed through the mask? Yes, you, you can be fed through the mask. You're not going to die because the French love to keep people in jail for too long. Okay, okay? so here's here's my plan. I know I am in jail, so this is potentially an unrealistic plan. But my aim yeah. is to eat as much food as possible. Just just be like, look, guys, I accept you're fine. I'm in jail. I get it. Whatever. Can I just eat lots of food um, until I expand enough to break through the mask by sheer, sheer growth alone? <laughs> Okay, okay, that that that's a that's a bold and terrifying one. Um, I am very very disturbed. Uh, I think uh, I almost uh, certainly would die before before expanding and breaking the mask. I would just eventually slowly crush my own skull. Okay. Also, the man in the iron mask is a uh, American movie, but an actual French prisoner who was just a man in an iron mask held in a bunch of different prisons. Okay. Very weird. Um, so. We'll go to our last one then, of course. Okay. Um, we're 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 uh, still in France, uh, around the time of Victor Hugo, and uh, your wife, uh, you know, a beautiful young uh, woman uh, known as Madame Bovary, is cockling okay, yes. you. <laughs> you know what's really sad about this? I studied this book at university, and I could not tell you a fucking single plot point. <laughs> Jamie, could not I tell you com- anything about this book. I am pretty sure it just involves a woman cheating. Uh, so you're being cuckolded by Madame Bovary. Okay. Um, what do you do to make yourself less miserable? Um... You know, I'm going to Uno Reverso this bitch. I'm going to cuckold her right back. <laughs> I think that's if just you, polyamory at this point. At that yeah, point. if you're both just mutually agree, like mutually agree cheating, I think it's just uh, all fine. Although I okay. guess you can cuckold oh. with it being uh, consensual too. Hello and welcome to Blank Spank Season 2, The Hathaway Stashaway. I'm Jamie Loxon. With me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Bonjour, Alexandre. Ah, yes. Getting us so in, in tune for this movie that is definitely so French. Everyone's French in it. Look how French it is. Um, if you didn't guess from early on, uh, we are going to dive straight into this because this is a two an hour, two hour, 40 minute movie. Um, so we cannot waste time because goodness gracious, our podcasts are getting uh, egregiously long at this point. Uh, we are reviewing uh, the 2012 adaptation of um, uh, the very old, I don't have what year it's from, musical uh, Les Miserables. Very obvious uh, from our opening bits. Uh, so, yeah, 
let's just sort of dive straight into the sort of show context side of things. I have not, oh my God, Alexander, I've just realized I have not prepared at all for this podcast. I've just remembered all of everything about how this podcast works. I don't have an anagram. I don't have six degrees of separation to Tom Hanks. I'm panicking. Anyway, um, I'm stalling while you're looking it up. Uh, so uh, you are in charge of show context this week. Uh, so uh, what can you tell me about 2012's Les Mis? Jamie, you mentioned uh, 2012's Les Miserables, uh, an adaptation of the uh, kind of late 1980s musical, which in itself was an adaptation of a late 1980s French uh, not adaptation, English translation of a late 1980s French musical slash concert CD, uh, a concert tape. Um, which, which is, is also an adaptation. adaptation of Alexander <laughs> Dumas's uh, famous work, uh, Les, Oi, Oi, Les Miserable. Yeah. Um, a story about uh, French society uh, in uh, the late 1800s, oh, in the 1800s, uh, following the return of a king to uh, France. Uh, it's a kind of look at a variety of people um, in different uh, kind of social stratas. And uh, was, you know, is, is one of the notoriously the greatest no- novels of all time. You might not know this, Jamie, but novels pretty new in the world of literature and they came around the 1800s. So not actually been that many novels to So, so, you know, so what, what, what did people do before then? Just like, just, Theater. just like, like little Poetry. ones, just like small ones, small stories. Just novellas. <laughs> it started off like 500 years of novellas and eventually someone went, you can go more than 200 pages. Oh, what, like, what if I just, lads, what if I just got rid of the la? Oh. Holy shit, revolutionary. You know what's really bad? I've forgotten who wrote uh, Les Miserables. I know I've said it in this podcast. It's not Alexander Dumas. It's um, Victor it's Hugo. Like there. Victor Hugo, there you go. I went in that Yeah, I went in that confident and I was like, I'm fairly sure it is. Um, anyway, what else so, can you yeah, tell yeah. me? So, of course, uh, so what kind of happened was uh, initially there was a... Uh, initially, after many other forms of adaptation, eventually there was a this kind of concert CD in France, which gets picked up by Cameron Mackintosh and the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, and to this day, uh, at least as someone once described it to me, the Royal Shakespeare Company is essentially just kept afloat by the fact that it has a number of hit musicals, which are just continuously run in London. Yeah. Um, so Les Mis, obviously being one of them, uh, Matilda, Matilda being another RSC uh, musical. And that basically just keeps the RSC afloat. So uh, don't feel bad if you go to London, don't see anything classy, and just go see uh, Les Mis. Uh, or the, actually, classy and Matilda. Um, it's super cool. Uh, there's what, effectively, I remember there was, um, when it came out, no, when the film came out, there was an article on Daily Mail, because I was uh, only 16 and reading the, the kind of the, the right column of side scroll of evil, horror, whatever it's called. And it was actually, it was initially adapted by someone else fairly literary, and everyone hated it. Uh, then got readapted by uh, a Daily Mail columnist who translated everything again. Still got shat on when the kit first came out. Like, when it first <laughs> came out, people hated this musical. Um, obviously, kind of famously, the musical was sung through. Um, uh, for people who so don't we, know what that means, that means uh, there is no dialogue. Uh, it is all songs yeah. uh, singing the entire time, much like Hamilton. And uh, thank you, Jamie, uh, of course, for uh, those who aren't in the know. Uh, Jamie will be providing <laughs> us with uh, musical context all the way throughout because uh, Jamie is number one musical fanboy, <laughs> Jamie Jones. This is I, I'm going to very quickly run through this story for people who don't know. I may have even told it on the podcast before. Basically, I started working at a, at a theatre production company uh, way back, uh, probably about five years ago now. Um, and then, like, day one 
uh, we, we like are putting Hamilton on. And at that point, Hamilton was basically the only musical I knew and liked uh, and, and expressed my, my liking of it. Um, and immediately I was seen as some huge musical fan in the office for some reason, to the extent that like 15 minutes later, I was being asked like, oh, so who's your favorite phantom? And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Um, so yes, I am uh, very ironically a uh, huge musicals fan, uh, Jamie Jones, TM, um, or Jamie Loxon, whatever fucking name I go by on this podcast. Um, uh, and that's not to say that since I haven't uh, liked and enjoyed many musicals uh, and have seen Les Mis uh, since then, although I may have, actually I may have seen Les Mis by that point. Uh, either had, way. Uh, uh, yes, I had. Yes, you're right. Um, how did you know that? <laughs> anyway. Um, um, I remember... Boring. <laughs> very sincerely uh, being in St Andrews and all my friends having fun in London uh, during the brief time that they were all in London before they all left London for a while uh, and then some of them came back and some didn't uh, and then I left and that was just you in London and everyone else I know <laughs> yeah um, uh, anyway carry on right, what else can uh, you tell me so, uh, who's in this how much money did it whoa, make who directed whoa, whoa, whoa. it Jamie, okay, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie 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 alright there's still some more to talk about the history okay, of the I'm musical so sorry, the book we're, we're, we're coming. Book, we need to talk about the musical, and then we can talk about the film adaptation okay. of the musical. We are Jesus. bearing down on your 15 minute time limit because yeah, yeah, you're worried yeah. about us taking too long no, no, no. to get into Don't the worry. plot. Don't wait. No, this is inc- <laughs> this is included in the in the story stuff. Anyway, okay. what I'm basically just going to say was uh, from the uh, 90s onwards, Cameron Mackintosh, uh, who you might know from his uh, Delphine Mackintosh theatres or the variety of theatres in London, which bear his name, uh, big uh, theatre production person, uh, think Sonia Friedman, but a dude. Um, uh, was um, trying to adapt this uh, and I think we're trying to keep it quite close to the actual stage production he was talking about like we want to do the movie so that everyone who made the musical can get re-employed um, and instead eventually in the 2000s sells off the rights uh, to so- to someone else with working title uh, who are uh, working title I believe are a British film production company um, although they're kind of international now uh, and it gets adapted it gets directed by Tom Hooper uh, it's obviously starring Anne Hathaway alongside mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman, Amanda Seyfried, Eddie Redmayne, Russell Crowe, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, as well as um, Samantha uh, Barker, uh, who was, uh, for me, very close to my heart because uh, she was the winner of the show um, I Do Anything, which was uh, when the BBC used to be doing the oh, uh, yeah. like competitions for, hey, win a part in Andrew Lloyd Webber's latest uh, reproduction of you know, whatever musical, you get a, the lead part in that or a part in that. So I do anything was they were looking for um, Nancy's in uh, Oliver. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I, I she, come she won, but she was definitely so, in, the, she was in the top three. So was that before she eventually, because she eventually played uh, this character that she plays in the film, Eponine, on stage in Les Mis. That's how yeah, she gets this, beautiful. which is interesting. It's an interesting, out of all of them, it's the most interesting casting because it's the only one that's different from the rest of them. Uh, they mm. they clearly went for a very specific thing, and we'll, we'll talk at length about the casting. But everyone else is a big bankable star, and then for Eponine, they go, "No, we're this is the only one where we're going to get the stage person. We're going to get." And it's a it's interesting that a she was the person, and b that was the character you choose for well, that. So there are some other interesting things. For instance, um, I, th- I believe initially they were they did a uh, kind of search for Cosette. So when they were looking for Cosette initially, uh, so uh, for people who don't know, like a search would be rather than going just like directly through agents, they did like an open casting call trying to find an unknown uh, actress to play Cosette uh, before eventually just going for Amanda Seyfried because um, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? 
there's also there are a couple people in here in the show uh actually in the movie who were in the show i believe the bishop uh was the original jean valjean ah in the london productions um so i and i think there are a couple others i think maybe the grave digger is also one of those people uh and they show up mainly in the background they're not it's not just a, a kind of transplant of the cast from one to the other uh, as you will probably eventually see in an adaptation of uh, Hamilton for the screen one day, um, or conversely, I think more more infamously, uh, Rent, uh, in which a bunch of forty year olds played a bunch of characters who were meant to be like twenty three, <laughs> which is very funny. Um, the couple of things the film cost sixty million dollars uh, to make and made over four hundred and sixty. And you know what, guys, this film looks good for being made on sixty million and made much money back. Make movies cheaper again. Make movies yeah, I'm, cheaper. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised they made this for 60 million, especially with the cast they have. And yeah. especially with well, I think the some, some of the stories about how long it took them to shoot because of some of the decisions uh, stylistically sure. uh, so, about. Uh, so talk, talk to me about that. How was this yeah, film so, made? What was interesting about how this film was made? So, so kind of interesting about this film, and it's not, I think, as much as it's kind of referred to as like the first. It's not, it's not the first or the only one to do this. But uh, the, mu- the musical was sung through on set. Uh, normally when you make a musical what you basically do is uh you go in i think the, the way it's been described uh at least in kind of um, one of the things which i love which are the kind of little talking heads that you get on dvd like extra features which they eventually yeah. have released on youtube it's people talking about how normally what happens is you go in six months before the start of filming you then um film up you then like record all the audio for a little bit basically like a cast album and then you go shoot the film or sometimes it might be the other way around but normally it's kind of you do the album first so you can pipe that through speakers while you're doing the performance and that way you can kind of sync up to it instead of what was decided to have done would was to uh, have all the uh, singing be diegetic which is to say oh it's not uh, actually I don't, I don't even know if it is diegetic but they are singing basically live uh, live on the soundstage and that's being recorded and then that's getting kind of fed back in through there I think there is there's obviously some sound mixing getting done like they are definitely they will be taking bits from like other bits of their kind of live performances but it's not um it, it is it's not, it none of it is ADR'd yeah all all, yeah. all of it is recorded on set uh live to tape I think is what you'd call it um yeah. and and it was, a... was was made a very big deal of at the time, at the time. like like oh, yeah, it, this... it was the big selling point of the movie this was to the extent that I think it's the it's this year at the Tonys is hosted by Neil Patrick Harris. And even there, he makes a joke about like, oh, we don't need a super close up on me to tell that I'm singing live because we do this eight nights a week um, uh, or eight shows a week. <laughs> I don't know how he does it eight nights a week. Um, but it, it was a very big marketed thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, obviously that was very tough. Uh, the only other things I'm going to mention then are the uh, dramatic weight loss from Hugh Jackman and uh, Anne Hathaway. We're not going to talk about it too much because, you know, some people don't like talking about weight, like extreme weight loss. Um, Fontaine, as you may know, or we will go through the plot, uh, Lou is a crap ton of weight because she falls into poverty and sells herself and dies of consumption. Um, as such, Anne Hathaway lost a ton of weight and it's kind of scary. It's It's like... You know, I guess dedicated to the, the 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 piece. You know, obviously very good. She wins the uh, Academy Award. The film gets nominated, I believe, for like ten Academy Awards. Ends up winning three, which were best hair and makeup, best sound design, I think, and best supporting actress for Anne Hathaway. So this is Anne Hathaway's uh, first Oscar-winning movie. Woo! Although only, her second, only Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, only only Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, movie. I'm trying oh, to think oh, of well, not else. only Oscar-winning movie, only movie 
only roles well, she's, she's won, won an Oscar for. Won an Oscar for, yeah. Because uh, uh, Jamie, how could you forget Alison Waterland winning at least two Oscars? Yes. Uh, but obviously, this is her second nomination after uh, Rachel getting married. Uh, although mm. that was for lead actress uh, rather Not than possible. supporting. Okay, and uh, with that. I think we should probably talk about the plot, should we not, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a lot more we can sort of talk about around the the the, the casting choices and the the stylistic choices, uh, but sure. I think they are better done uh, within the context of having uh, yeah. gone through the film. Uh, so, Alexander, uh, well, I guess I guess it's time to do Six Degrees of, of Tom Hanks, oh, which Christ. I haven't prepared for. Um, so, have so you... We're doing oh, a no. We're doing a okay. roar, Jamie. Yep. One sec. Let me, um, let me think of the way through this. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is easy because you can, you can, you can get to, you can get to X-Men. Surely, surely Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman to someone in the X-Men universe that's been in the top, maybe with Tom Hanks. We're going to collaborate on this. We're not coming up with our own, um, but that's the most obvious route for me. Are we still banning the Marvel movies? Because there's an we easy are, way through if we... Okay, we're still, we're still are banning, banning the Marvel, the Marvel movies. I, Despite the fact we should, we want to do this quickly, we are banning sure. the Marvel movies. Because can I just... I'll, I'll say the easy the easy Marvel movie way, of course, is okay. uh, Hugh Jackman is in Prisoners oh. with Jay Gyllenhaal. Jay Gyllenhaal is in um, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home with Tom Holland. Tom Holland is in Endgame and uh, Karen Gillan is in Endgame and therefore uh, also in the circle. We can't Alexander, do that. Alexander, I'm going to do it in one. This is fucking easy. Do, what are we talking about? Do it for me. Just fill me up. Sasha Baron Cohen is in this movie who's in Borat 2 with Tom Hanks. Mm. <laughs> Done. Boom. Right. Let's move Thank on. You. Thank you, Sasha Baron Cohen. For right. saving our asses. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, okay, so of course the film begins, Jamie. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know where you're going for that. I, I, I was I was waiting films. for your favourite bit of the, for the show. Yeah, uh, the film begins as all good films should uh, in the dockyard in fucking 1800s France, as men pull giant shipwrecks <laughs> into the dock so that it can be uh, torn to pieces and all restored. They are kind of dragging it. It's look down, no, look, look down, down. you're, you're here until, until you die. die. We're going to try not to sing every single we, song. Yeah, if we're talking about, yeah, God, people do not want to hear that. But <laughs> if you want to talk about a great opening shot, uh, I love this bit. This bit's great. Yeah. It's like super intense. It's super like... It's very epic. A, There's crashing waves over yeah. all of these people. Uh, yeah, it works really well. Um, and uh, we see uh, angry Hugh Jackman. Uh, he's got a he's got a really scraggly beard. Think think of kind of when occasionally, uh, if anyone knows me, uh, I've shaved my head and grown a beard. It looks like that, but skinny. Um, so he's just he's just sitting in the corner. You're being so yeah, uh, lads. You know you know uh, international superstar sex symbol uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he kind of looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's just pulling. This, he's just pulling this thing, and he's just mad, and he's mad, and he's angry because he's been forced by the French penal system to drag boats for so long. And eventually, he looks up, and who's that up there? Because he's down. But who's up, Jamie? You ask. You're sitting there. You're in the theatre. You're thinking, who's up? And of course, it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> a little funny hat. Yep, absolutely. Uh, same costume throughout. The, uh, man, this movie spans 40 years and Javert never changes clothes. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he eventually gets different. His hats improve. As he gets, as he gets more powerful, his hats um, get better. So anyway, he, he uh, so he's, he's like the, the police master for, the, uh, mm. for these uh, prisoners. 
Um, and he out comes uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I was being very generous using the word prisoners. Um, um, uh, out comes Hugh Jackman, and and uh, uh, he's like, "Hey, you're on parole now." And he's like, "Yeah, I've been here for twenty years because I stole a bit of bread. This kind of sucks." And Javier's like, "Yeah, you, but you know what that means?" And he's like, "Yes, I'm free." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. well, Jamie, you're missing out two important things. One, I can't remember if this is here or later. Technically, he got like three years for stealing the bread, and then every time he tried to escape, they gave him like another six years. Oh, yes, yeah, um, that's true. He, which, yeah, which, he he gets five yeah. initially, and then um and then more for 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 running away. He no, it's, it's no, it's not, it's not for a uh, no. Uh, uh, I I don't want it. This so so important. It's not that he get he's trying to escape prison. It's that he gets five for tr- stealing the bread. And the other fifteen for running away from the police when he was initially um, uh, uh, caught. I thought it was That's from trying to escape. That makes sense. I thought it was from trying to escape from prison. Okay, no, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, and Jamie, getting, and this is yeah. this is very important for the plot. I, I know we're spending too much time in the scene. <laughs> they could have they first interact when Javert's like, "Oi, you, Hugh Jackman." pick up that fucking giant flag yes. and this is the kind of full 50 you know if you've ever been to like Ellis Island the kind of 50 foot of flags the ones like all Americans have outside their homes or like all uh, as all British people assume Americans have outside their homes he has to go pick up this giant mast by himself and drag it across yes. and this is and, setting and, up that, and that is that shockingly is a superhero yeah. in this film yeah that is shockingly important to the plot um, yes. okay so Hugh Jackman uh, is now on his way out. Now, can I... He's mad. No, no. Can... And, and he also... He, but, sorry. He's been told, here are some papers that say you're a prisoner, uh, that you were a prisoner. No one will ever employ you again. Yes, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Who would ever have a system where prisoners, after having served their term, have incredibly difficult time uh, readmitting themselves into society? That's so 1800s. Anyway, uh, can I get through the next sort of 15 yes, minutes yeah, until yeah. the time skip? Uh, so basically, Hugh Jackman. Whoa, 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 but there's stuff to talk about here. Jesus. I Jamie. know. Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm not. I'm not just Jesus. skipping to the time skip, Alexander. Skip I'm just saying. Jesus. Let me okay, get. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. And remember, Jamie. Jesus is in this bit. Yes, okay? I know. I'm, I'm just saying Jesus. we can get through this quite quickly. The next, okay. you know, five minutes of the fucking movie. <laughs> so Hugh Jackman, um, you know, he's down on his luck. He's trying to uh, get back in society. He ends up uh, being taken in by a, a clergyman, a bishop. Um, uh, who takes him in, you know, starts to look after him. He wakes up uh, the next morning uh, and, you know, criminal's gonna criminal. Uh, he steals all the silverware. He, he grabs all the silverware, takes it in. He, he, he sees an opportunity, he takes it. Um, he gets caught by the police, taken back to the bishop. And the police are like, we've caught this man. He said he, that you gave him all of this. <laughs> and the bishop goes, oh, I did fucking uno reverso bitches i don't know why that's in my <laughs> i don't know why that's in, in my a, lexicon in now a bit that will make me cry every time he's like oh my friend yes but you forgot the best bit these yes, two the candlesticks. Candlesticks. <laughs> um uh so yeah um uh hugh hugh jackman has uh his solo song um like, or w- one of his god, solo songs. maybe i love you god why do you forgive me but i hate people but i love people but i hate people but i love people but i hate people yeah, right, so uh, and like, cut forward. I think it's eight years, and so we are now going to meet Anne Hathaway for the first time, playing Fontaine. Uh, she is working in uh, a, a production shop. Sweat I think shop. they're sewing or something. Um, it's basically a uh, right? Yeah, with uh, with a bunch of other women, uh, and basically it's uh, established that you know she flirts with the foreman. Uh, and no, and no, gets... she's Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. We're going to talk about me too. She does not flirt with the foreman. The foreman is sexually harassing her. There's a big difference between the two. She's just sitting there working, and the foreman is like being creepy and like 
creeping on her at work, she's not flirting with him. Oh, he, I, he, I, he, I completely, I, I will be honest, I fully, not, not, I just thought from, it's from what the women are saying, that like, she gets good yes, treatment yeah, yeah. because she gets in with the, with the, um, uh, with the foreman. I apologize for missing uh, a key piece of information there. Um, uh, but all the women are like, oh, but you know the foreman should know she's actually got an, uh, you know a kid back at home and she's sleeping around and she's no, they, a slut they, they and, don't and that's even, bad so, yep yeah pretty much they don't they technically don't know that at this point they're just like she's she's got something on the side we think she can't be this perfect she's going around being like i'm perfect i'm from teen and i don't think she is but they're being annoying they don't like that she's young and pretty in that yeah way. um and so basically they, says, there's a letter which says she has a child yeah. hidden away with the, with the yeah uh, and basically they start saying she's a slut that's bad for work morale <laughs> and, and I, don't, I don't get the logic but okay um uh, and anything, so they that should improve work morale um, and so they uh, go to the um, uh, foreman uh, and is like, um, uh, "Look, you got to get rid of you got to get rid of her. She's a slut. Sorry, uh, I, I should be clear uh, that they are using this word. I'm not. Yeah, they're saying <laughs> um, to- uh, I also do want to point out at this point." Uh, that of course uh, we all know that in uh, 1800s France uh, everyone talks like they're from the north of England unless (laughs) you're one of the main characters in which case you can talk like you're from wherever the fuck you want Um, whoa 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 and Hathaway sings and Hathaway who has by this point in her career shown that I know she doesn't end up marrying a British person, but definitely shows that she likes playing English characters. It's 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 a trend in her thing. Mm-hmm. Hannah Hathaway is trying for an accent. Hugh Jackman she is. It's is not doing Northern. his American accent. He's not yeah, doing Australian. He's doing American. Um, Russell Crowe does American. Uh, Goodness knows what Sasha Baron Cohen is doing. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Sa- Baron Cohen is doing a little bit. Uh, he's doing a little bit of a geezer thing, but also it's a little guys. bit. But it's like there's a, there's a French touch to it. There's definitely yeah. a French touch to it, and it's odd. And then Helen Bonham Carter is fully Cockney, uh, and yeah, then yeah. Gavroche. We'll get to Gavroche. Um, oh. Anyway, um, so uh, Fontaine um, uh, is essentially chucked out. It, it is revealed, I believe, that who Jean Valjean, Hugh Jackman uh, owns this place. So yeah, basically, what happens is like. Uh, she, while this is happening, um, Le Maire, which is uh, Jean Valjean, uh, comes down, um, who, uh, Monsieur Madeleine, I think he's, as he is at this point, comes down and is like, what's happening here? I'm going to break this up. Both sides tell me what's going to happen. However, up in this office, as we see in a great Zoom shot. <laughs> a, 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 you've seen this gift before. Yeah, the great. Zoom shot of, of, um, of uh, Russell Crowe looking through the door the became an immediately and he zooms in on that and he's like, oh, I, know. I need to go take care of that uh, uh, creepy foreman. And this is why it's important that it's the creepy foreman who's been sexually harassing her who's taking care of it because it's that's even more unfair. Yeah. Um, is left to deal with it, and the foreman's like, fuck this dude. Uh, Jean Valjean then goes to deal with um, uh, Javert. Javert doesn't recognize Jean Valjean, and instead is like, yeah, we're just here to, I'm here to help you out. In Paris, they love what you, they love your work here. <laughs> You've really raised this town up. They love the sweatshops. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I'm here to help you out. At and, this point, and- then, someone cries in the street. Yes, and uh, I, I would like to, I'd like yeah. to explain how this happens just exactly what happens and then give my analysis of this moment because it is absurd um someone cries in the street a uh, a cart has like had its uh, has fallen on someone um mm. and so uh, that Jean Valjean rushes to uh, out to help out uh and then he lifts the cart off of the man and the man is saved and Javert goes to him and goes 
I recognize you. There's something in you. I've seen a man like you before. No, no. So, it's specifically, yeah, he recognizes his superhuman strength. Yes, yes, exactly. The, this is the inciting incident of Les Miserables, which is just True. that Jean Valjean is apparently just so fucking yoked that Javert yeah. is convinced that there is no one else that could possibly have done this but feat of heroism. Before this film, before we started the podcast, Jamie and I were talking about... Uh, we were talking about uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, uh, yes. and his currently insanely roided up body. Just these like absolutely insane muscles. And, uh, you know, some people might say that's peak uh, male performance, peak physical performance. But of course we know that peak physical performance is John Rashawn, who has a skinny Hugh Jackman. And as a like slightly older Hugh Jackman can still pick up a car by yeah. himself. And, and yeah, maybe it's just, maybe it's just the form. That's maybe it's not, maybe it's not the, the actual strength itself, but that Javert just sees that his clean and jerk is just it's, so it's fucking tight. Everyone else in 1800s France, they lift from the back, whereas, uh, of course, Jean Valjean, he lifts from the knees, and that's what <laughs> the difference is made. Uh, so, yeah, there we get the inciting incident. Uh, Javert has recognised... Uh, had sort of recognized Jean Valjean. He sort of, uh, yeah, he's kind of, he's uh, sort of he's like, like, oh, it can't be you. Feel, yeah, it couldn't possibly I thought it was be you, two, but it can't be you. One. Um, uh, we then must uh, take a fucking the... nosedive in tone of this, uh, unfortunately. Uh, hey, I, we should guys... give a, a little bit of a trigger warning here. Uh, yeah. This film will now deal with uh, scenes of sexual assault. Um, uh, so if, if you don't want to deal with that, skip yeah. it. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. You've already downloaded the podcast. I don't give a shit. It's um, skip ahead like five minutes and we'll stop talking about Anne yeah. Hathaway. Honestly, um, it does become, it does become uh, Anne Hathaway torture porn. Yes, um, in, um, in, in a tough way. Uh, so yeah, um, Fontaine, uh, having lost her job, uh, now has ended up down by the docks, uh, and she's trying to, you know, get money any way she can. Uh, and eventually, there are sailors who come in. Um, yeah. uh, the, and... We're missing, of course, the the song at this point is uh, "Lovely Ladies" is getting played. This, this is the kind of uh, "Lovely Ladies" yeah. section. Lovely ladies, one another night. Yeah, the, the um, song which Jamie, do you ever think about how weird it is that this is done by uh, schools across Britain? Uh, yeah, and just, you know, yeah. half the half the girls are just cast as prostitutes. Like literally, it's some great parts for boys. There are some good parts for girls, but they die, uh, and then just all the the chorus of girls just goes out to play young Lovely prostitutes. Lovely ladies sitting in the car. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, the sailors are coming aboard, and you know they're looking for for someone to sleep with, and uh, I guess she she sort of pitched as like the woman who looks after or or controls all of these women and she starts going to Fontaine oh I, you know you've got lovely hair I, I could I could buy your so, hair yeah. um yeah and, and, and then and then your teeth and I don't get it I don't get what's valuable about either of those things oh, so is it so Jamie, is it to is it to replace hair and teeth so, in other so women here's the here's the fun thing uh, imagine you're in the 1800s and you don't have access to uh, nylons or to kind of um, to, uh, to pl- plastic as a whole doesn't exist. So you can't make wigs. Like wigs don't exist. So how yeah. do you make a wig? And you make a wig by cutting someone else's hair. Off yeah. So, so see, and if hair you make dentures, kind of yeah, how do you make dentures? And fun fact: after the Napoleonic Wars, what a lot of the dentures were made out of were the teeth of deceased soldiers from the battlefields. People would go around, take out the teeth, and use those in dentures. So Lovely. this is kind of true that people's teeth were used for this kind of thing. 
It um, is gross and it is horrible, but yes. So uh, yeah, so she 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 has her head shaved. Uh, the uh, very famous image of uh, of Anne Hathaway now from this uh, film with her head shaved. Uh, she mm-hmm. has a tooth taken out and then eventually uh, is sold into mm-hmm. into prostitution yeah. um, uh, and is sexually assaulted by one of the soldiers. Um, that happens, and then afterwards yeah. we get, of course. Uh, Anne Hathaway winning an Oscar. Um, yeah. She in, sings in the best bit of the entire film, uh, or one, if not in the top couple of the list. Yeah, it's, she it's, sings "I Dreamed it is a Dream." Incredible. It's yeah. like it. This is my problem with like there in later years. I mean, that's not like at the time there were some people being like this film of shit, and later years, and that 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 tone has become more prevalent with it. And as we'll talk about at the end, the film has a buttload of like stylistic issues and like things that I find tough with it. It is at the same time a vehicle for a bunch of incredible performances. Yeah. And I think it's so, a really good direction, even if I yeah, think this, it's all weird. This moment, it, so she sings I Dreamed a Dream. It's a single shot, um, a, a single take. Uh, from an interview that I read, um, it was apparently their fourth take. Uh, Tom Hooper. Is it Tom Hooper? Is that his name? Yeah, Tom Hooper. Uh, Tom Hooper of, came. Um, who also directed cats. Uh, cats, uh famously, which I God, we need to we need to do one of these versions where we can talk about cats. I'm not sure, if, like um, Taylor Swift and just need to pick up. Yeah, um, uh, Tom Hooper came in after the fourth take uh, and told her, you know, we've got it. Uh, that's great. Uh, you know, nailed it. Uh, and then Anne Hathaway tells in this interview that she was like, no, 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 I can do it. I can, I can get more. I can get more. And then did twenty more takes, taking eight hours. Jesus. And they still only use the fourth take. And she's sharing this as like a fun story. And I'm sorry. That sounds fucking horrible for everyone that's working on set. Um, This is is your uh, general reminder. Um, You know, employee... And and to be fair, sounds like the director decided after the fourth take that this would be it. And this was her pushing herself. So that's... that's, uh, There's a difference between the director forcing someone to do that and someone choosing to do that. You know, always make sure that you employ people on set whose job it is to make sure people are safe, and especially yeah, in scenes um, where people I mean, are I'm, I'm always whatever vulnerable. I'm always reminded uh, talking back about of uh, uh, season one star uh, Tom Hanks. I believe it was in his um, Desert Island Disc interview that we listened to, where he talks about mm. working with Steven Spielberg uh, and just how it is still a job, and you know, it's yeah. a job, and you go and you get, you've got the shot, it, it, a, it, and yeah. and not to to criticize Anne Hathaway um, uh, all, yeah. unnecessarily, but. You know, there's there's the job of it, and then there's the oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna find something, I'm gonna get deep and find it. If you've got it, you got it. And clearly, yeah. on take four, she fucking had it because it's it's an yeah. incredible take. It's a I, very very good performance, uh, I, and and it's understandable why it got the Oscar. Yeah, and we'll probably talk more more about this by the end. I, I I do think it's important in the context of this this though that like, you know, I think you should support your artist, and if they want to try and give you more stuff for coverage, or like not even coverage, just more stuff. Like you should allow them to do that. But yeah, like it's. As I think, like, to push yourself to this level of extreme is tough. It's, it, especially if it's not, like, it, this kind of, it probably sounds kind of weird, but, like, in a theatre environment where you have to, for example, like, Fontaine on stage, right? Where yeah. you have to be able to do it eight times a week for most of the year. You can't push yourself to the same yeah. level of extreme. And also, importantly, it's really important to, like, mentally, mentally separate yourself off. There's a really good uh, clip going around with a cast of uh, Blue Orange, uh, which is... Uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, Chua Telesi Fourth, and um, Bill Nye are together, and they're talking. The more recently, they're kind of talking about um, the production and all that kind of stuff. And Bill Nye sort of talks about how, like, 
you know, I think exactly like you said with uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, they're like, he kind of met this drama student in the street and the drama student said, look, my teacher, you know, I, I'm liking drama school, but my teacher's saying I'm not, I'm not feeling it enough. Then they can kind of see that. Uh, but how did you do it? Because I saw you in the stage production recently, you were feeling it. And he went, well, I, honestly, like I wasn't, like I came on, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, I do it every night. Like I might occasionally, but that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, it's a it's an interesting thing with acting. Anyway, so yeah. uh, obviously the the, the the centerpiece of the first movie, she's gone in the first. She, with recently, there's a trend on Twitter for what character had a really big impact in a film, but it's only on screen yes. for 15 minutes, and it's it's Anne Hathaway in this. She kind of yeah. Um, so yeah, she uh, she is event after this scene. She is then uh, found by Jean Valjean. Uh, well, no, she's uh, she's no, caught she, by Javert. Um, yeah. So so she yeah. basically some some rich dude tries to uh, assault her. She then scratches his face. Uh, he's like, bitch, I'm going to go tell the police. Wait till my daddy hears about this. Uh, uh, goes to tell Javert. Javert, being the prick that he is, is like, a crime has been committed. I don't care if it's justifiable. A crime has been committed. Uh, uh, Jean Valjean's like, no, I mean, she's dying. This woman is dying. Like, we need to take yeah, her to she, hospital. she needs help. Uh, and I'm Monsieur Le Maire, if you didn't know. Um, Jamie, so, um, I don't... Yep. So, as, as we know, of course, I my degree is uh, in English. And I guess, starting off, it was in Latin and Greek. So, I'm useful on those subjects. But I'm, I'm just really bad in friends. I only got a B at GCSE. Uh, could you translate for me what Monsieur oh, Le Maire it, means? I, it, I don't know. It's uh, Mr. The Mayor. Holy shit. That's a I bit know, of a weird right? person to... That's a bit weird to... <laughs> if I went around being, oi, hello, Mr. Le, Mr. I'm Mr. Mr. The, the Mayor. Mayor. Um, uh, so yeah, Jean Valjean saves um, Fontaine and takes her to uh, yeah. to, to rest up. But she said, she's like, no, I'm fucking dying. I'm dying, yeah. mate. I'm sorry, I'm gone. I'm done, so I'm only contracted for 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> they couldn't pay me for the full two hours. Um, <laughs> the budget so, was only 60 million. They couldn't afford the um, So, But she reveals that she's got a daughter, Cosette. Uh, and so um, Gemma John's like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll cool. help her. Um, we then go through to one of my favorite sequences of the movie, which of course is uh, uh, Master of the House. Uh, uh, well, we are skipping just briefly. Javert uh, basically goes. Oh, Javert yeah. says uh, says that actually someone else. Uh, I, I thought you were Jean Valjean, but don't worry, we've caught someone else. Set and he, you know he's denying it, but that's what fucking criminals do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, scum. and uh, Jean Valjean has uh, I don't know what the name of the song is. Two four six zero one. Um, no, where he's like, yeah, ends in two, four, six, oh, six, oh, one. one. Where he has to, where he reveals that he is Jean Valjean, that he's like, yeah. look, I'm, I can't have this on my conscience. Someone else can't go down for this. Sure. So Javert is revealed that he is um, I, two, four, six, oh, one. Can I and, can briefly just say that yep. I love that song because uh, it sounds like in in a lot of the lyrics, it just sounds like um, when uh, billionaires talk about the, themselves as job creators, and he's like. Uh, if I, you know, if I if I speak up, I'm condemned, and if not, I am damned. If I speak up, all the people who work for me, they are they will lose their jobs. They are condemned. I'm just seeing them being like, just sell your fucking company before you do this. <laughs> just sell it off to anybody else. They keep their um, jobs. But yeah, so Javert's like, aha, Jean Valjean, I finally got you, and you skipped parole basically. So he he, you, you've 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 skipped your parole. So yeah, I've got to take you in because that's the law. And he's like, okay, that's chill. I just got to go save a, a like six year old. So job. give me like three days. Give me like three days. I'll be, I'll be with you. And Javier's like, no, you're a criminal. I'll never trust you like that. Um, and uh, he's like, cool, I'm, I'm out ski. And he jumps out the window. Uh, so we get um, into, uh, oh, yes, can master I, I, can't remember, I can't remember if, 
I can't remember if it's at that song or if it's later. I think it might be later. But like where you have my favorite moment, which is kind of like them just it's it's the good like um, song where they're kind of like doing that cool like over speaking thing where one person saying a bunch of one lines and the other person saying a bunch of other lines, and it involves my favorite lines, which is like um, you know I was bo- like I was born like scum like you, uh, you know I was born inside a prison. Uh, I grew up with trash as well, <laughs> which makes it the second movie in which Anne Hathaway is pursued by uh, a man born in prison. <laughs> um, which I like. Um, so yeah, we then meet um, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who's uh, who's about to sing "Master of the Ass," where uh, oh. I don't know if you knew he's Master of the Ass. Um, oh, it's Put the some. weirdest song in any fucking musical ever. This musical is so fucking strange. The yeah. f- the entire first forty minutes is just like death and sadness. We're all so sad, and then it's master of the house. We're all here till we get fucking drunk. Jamie's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. very sensitive about the depiction of cockneys in French art. <laughs> That's really important. Um, so yeah, even Eleanor Bonner Carter. It is good fun. It, it's bombastic. It's all about them being uh, crooked landlords. Everybody yeah. loves the landlord. Um, and, you know, ste- and you know, finding ways to, to steal money from their patrons and whatever. God knows why anyone still goes to this place. Um, uh, but it is uh, revealed uh, that uh, Cosette is, uh, little Cosette is in their custody. Uh, and t- two other things, too. Uh, one, uh, because, you know, uh, poor Fontaine, who's now dead, uh, was going to the grave thinking that the Thanadiers were looking after her ch- child, whereas they were not looking up. They, they, nope. they were basically just scamming her. Uh, and uh, two, we also have missed over uh, the classic Cosette song, Castle in a Cloud, um, which is the creepiest song, uh, maybe in all of musical theatre, uh, as it's like, uh, I, uh, there is a castle in the clouds. That I go to when I sleep. Uh, when I'm there, like, nobody's allowed to cry. Um, and I just find that line so weird where she talks about nobody being allowed to cry. Because it sounds like there's just this child emperor who's like, if you cry, you die. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, uh, Jean Valjean turns up, finds Cosette. Um, uh, and it's like, look, I'm, I'm here. I'll, I'll take her, take her off your hands. And of course, then being the little landlord, everybody loves the landlord. Um, uh, and then being dirty fucking cockneys. Of course, they're trying to get as much money as they can, <laughs> they possibly can. Um, uh, and so, yeah, uh, they, they squeeze some more money out of Jean Valjean, but he takes Cosette into his uh, custody. Um, I'm they struggling so, with what happens so, next. So, so basically, we're about to get to the next time skip. There are two things that happen. One, Jamie, is... Uh, do you want to know a fun fact? When a musical gets adapted for a movie, um, it's not eligible innately for best original song because the songs were not original. The songs were written for the stage adaptation. Yeah. Which means it tends to be the case when you do a film adaptation of a movie musical, people write a new song so they can win best new song or best original yep. song. We now get the best original song, which is uh, Hugh Jackman sitting in the uh, carriage uh, with the young Cosette, and he basically just sings like, oh, now there's hope for me. Uh, there wasn't hope before. It's not a good song. I can't remember if it... It clearly didn't win best uh, original song because it didn't deserve it, but um, that's what they were trying to go for there. Fair uh, enough. It, then, uh, we, we, we then get have... Javert on the roof. <laughs> we, it, I, it's like I can't remember what Javert's... he's singing about. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, oh, is this... This is the point at which he's like... Um, I think that there's like three things happen pretty closely. One is like Javert pursues pursues them into Paris. Like he's trying to get them. Um, John, uh, not even into Paris, just through the city. Uh, he set, set up checkpoints. John Valjean's like, oh no, I can't let this child go. I have to raise her. There's the weird line where he's like, I'll be your father and your mother too, which is yep. um, you know interesting. 
Um, he then, they kind of go on a wee chase through the city. Uh, Jean Valjean ends up in the nunnery uh, where he meets the gravedigger who he saved earlier. And the gravedigger's like, I'll help you get out of here. Um, so that's all fine. Uh, yeah, Joe is on the roof just being like, they're out in the darkness running from God. It's a very uh, good shot, on. to be fair. I, I, I don't know. It, I, is it Notre Dame or is it just another church that I, looks I, like Notre I Dame? I believe they are looking onto Notre Dame. I can't remember if he's yeah. on Notre Dame if he's looking at Notre Dame. Um, Either way, Notre Dame's there and it's, it's a pretty shot. Uh, anyway, we get a time skip. Uh, it's about um, nine years later, I believe, uh, and we are in Paris. And if you thought this was about revolution, well, is Gavroche ready to <laughs> launch the revolution? The best fucking character in this movie, the tiniest cockney you've ever seen. And he's coming in, he's talking like he's, he's fucking Oliver. <laughs> and he's great. I love Gavroche. Gavroche, um, is, Gavroche is the best. Um, um, so yeah, uh, we're, we are in Paris nine years later. We will now uh, sort of introduce uh, the, the, the new characters that are relatively important. So mm-hmm. we get... Um, Eddie Redmayne playing someone who, Vincius Marcellus, Marius, something like that. Um, uh, uh, and he is. Kind of uh, Eddie Redmayne's breakout role. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I'll talk about Eddie Redmayne when we uh, talk about. I, I like him. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I actually, know no, I'll just Redmayne. say it. I'll just say it now because it, it's not that important of a thing. But um, I recognize that Eddie Redmayne is just the epitome of the privileged white actor that it like went to fucking Eton and then Cambridge. Yeah. He was in fu- he was in fucking Prince William's class. Like, I get was he? it. He, yeah, he's, he's lit- he literally went to school with royalty. I get it. He's the epitome of just a, a, a privileged actor that that probably, mm. despite his talent, has his success because of not having those safety nets. Having yeah. said that, I just really like seeing him on screen. He seems yeah. really friendly. He I, has he has a nice face. That is true. Uh, you know, I would say that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, uh, <laughs> but you know what? We're not successful actors, so yeah. fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> We're not the same class. Yeah, we're, we're, we talk about this privilege all the time. Fucking hell, it's not working out. Anyway, uh, I am joking. Um, I am joking. Anyway, Eddie Redmayne, it, it uh, he's, he's one I of the I do find it hilarious that, like, yep. that apparently the best drama school, uh, not the best drama, <laughs> the easiest way to become an actor in the UK is to uh, go to the most exclusive drama school, which of course is Eton. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, so anyway. So yeah, he, um, he is uh, one of the leaders, the youth leaders of the revolution. Uh, we also yeah. meet uh, Eponine. Oh, this is, uh, it's Samantha- also like, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's basically explaining Gavroche's uh, The Little People song, which I think is shortened, which is I really like. The Little People's a great song. But um, that they used to have a king. Uh, this kind of split at the beginning. They used to have a king. They got rid of the king. They had a revolution. Apparently, they all loved the revolution, despite the fact the revolution being notoriously shit. Uh, then they had Napoleon, and now they had a king again. Yeah. Um, um, so they want, and they like a general. There's a general nearby who they they all like. Yeah. Than the king. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, main uh, leader of the youth revolution, Eponine, uh, friend of Eddie Redmayne. Eponine, child of the Thanadiers. Yes, um, I thought so. I, I was, I was about to say, uh, yes, uh, child of Cesar Baron Cohen and Helen Bonham Carter. Um, uh, we also meet uh, now adult Cosette, uh, played by Amanda Seyfried, who uh, Eddie Redmayne sees once in the street uh, and immediately falls in love. This is a romance that is, they, they, they had to cut some songs out of the original uh, because otherwise this would have been way longer. Uh, this is a, a, a romance that is quite cut down um but yeah sees her in the street once and it's like fuck me she's gorgeous guess mm, <laughs> guess I everyone's wanna, I I guess everyone's you. gonna have to die yeah. <laughs> um, 
got to do this revolution now to impress her. Uh, uh, so yeah, and Hugh ep- Jamin's ep- time become a bit of a shut-in. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't, doesn't like the Yes, world. yeah. And if you thought, you know, the first... Again, this, the musical is really weird. The first 40 minutes are like, death, destruction, horror, sadness. Then it's, oh, Master of the House, everything's fun. We're going to get Gazette back to the countryside. And then it's like, oh, bitches, now we're having a love triangle for the next yeah. 20 minutes. And then it's revolution time. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, Eddie Redmayne is going to Eponine being like, um, hey, Eponine, what's up, baby? Uh, you see that fitty over there? Can you introduce me to her? Uh, and Eponine's like, oh, that but sucks. I, I thought I was the one. Um, uh, we so have uh, we have uh, Eddie Redmayne meeting his revolutionary mate, which is the uh, the black and red song. Uh, talking about, he's talking about how he's in love. Um, yes, uh, he's talking about how he's in love, and all his mates are like, "Yeah, but what about the revolution, mate? Let's fucking go!" And it's important Screw that all the revolutionaries, in. all the revolutionaries, are exceedingly posh. Yes, uh, they are. They're basically going around saying, "We speak for the common people," and the only common person is Gavroche. So you're know, yeah. bold. Um, um, oh goodness. Uh, so I think. I think yeah, Eponine, and this is all just a love triangle for like twenty minutes. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eponine does speak you get a to. Yeah. The only important song that really matters. She basically introduces the the Thanadiers, uh The the setup is the Thanadiers see where um, Jean Valjean is. They know him because they felt they got ripped off uh, last time. Um, Javert's like Javert kind of intercedes, um, and the Thanadiers are like, "Oh, Jean Valjean's here." Uh, it's kind of set up. The next thing is that um, Eponine shows Marius where uh, Amanda Seyfried is. Uh, they have a quick song. That doesn't really matter. We then have On My Own, which is On My fantastic. Own. Yeah, which is, yes. Um, oh, so fucking good. Uh, and, a, and I think oh. I think this, like, I'll, I'll get on to, again, casting, but this really stands out as, oh, this is this is the one who can really sing. Yeah, sing. Like, yeah. like, like everyone else, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's okay. some average performances. There's some sure. very good performances. And then this is just like, oh fuck, no, you do this as a job. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, uh, on my own, obviously a uh, very famous song. I'm sure people will know it, but all about how she's on her own. She's sad. She wants to be with uh, sexy Eddie Redmayne. Uh, it is mm. pissing it down with rain. I like oh, it. So it's, 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 it's obviously it's... dramatic, but it works. You it know, works. It's, it's a great. fucking musical deal with it. Um, the next um, day is the revolution. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the so there you the go. Of... <laughs> yeah. Um, the students go through the streets of London. Uh, not London. <laughs> <laughs> and they are if you remember these uh, student rights uh, in uh, 2011 it's basically just that uh, was that 2011 or like 2010 who knows um, uh, oh wait th- no uh, uh, before sorry before the revolution you do get the the end of act one song which is um, is that the end of act fuck. one is that the end of act one that's that's the end of act one in the musical and I can we, we not fucking a- can you not fucking tell? It's really obvious. I'm trying to remember it. It's before Do You Hear the People Sing. Oh, it's, it, uh, it's One Day More. One Day More, yes. Yeah. One Day More. The one fucking song that if you've ever been to any, like, group of musical fucking fans doing a karaoke night, you get the end drunk. of the night and all yeah. of them going, No, I'm going to be Javert. No, I'm Javert. And it's the only fucking time musical nerds get to feel cool. Anyway, it mm. is a good song. It's a very, very good end of act one song. And it works yeah, really well. It works I... really well in the stage. It, it, for anyone who doesn't know musicals particularly well, uh, an end of act one song generally will have sort of little motifs from uh, every single song that's happened thus far. Yeah. Each little character chiming in. Even, you even get a little more master of yes for no fucking yeah. reason. Um, but it's a really good, big, bombastic song, summing up the end of the act. 
I and then you get a weird hard cut to silence to yeah. the next day, and it's like, uh, it's weird. It doesn't it so doesn't work as well in a movie. I had assumed anyway. this was a three act musical because of the sheer amount of time skips. Um, I was like, okay, so by the time and then the first time skip, uh, that that makes sense to me. It, ma- it makes sense it, for this too because it, it, it might be. It might. I, I'm, I'm, it if I'm remembering be. correctly from my time of watching it, I think it's two very long acts. Um, that would because, sound believable. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And, you, just, and, you have the last yeah. act to be the last, just to continue. Yeah. So. Um, and um, so, yes, after have, after um, one day more, we have the revolution the, starting. Yeah, Javert has uh, decided to uh, go incognito. Uh, that's right, Javert is now <laughs> undercover cop Javert. <laughs> obviously, and obviously, if you are literally the head of fucking police in all of France, the best way to go incognito is to put a fucking hat on. Yeah. That's well, all that's the thing. he does, Jamie. Jamie, that's how they show character progression for Javert. Of course, is they just alternate hats. So he starts off with a little like sleeping cap, and then eventually he goes to like the full tricorn hat. Yeah. Uh, so he's and in now amongst he's going the, to a little. Yeah, he's um, in amongst the revolutionaries. They take yeah. over. A, a, I believe it is the uh, funeral for of the general. The general that they liked. Um, yeah. And so they take over the the procession. Um, and uh, event, and they're all. This is. Do you hear the people sing? Um, uh, and and they're all going through the streets. Uh, oh, and you say London. Uh, it actually is London. Uh, yeah, I recognised yeah, it. Um, it's definitely shot in London. Uh, anyway, um, Eddie Redmayne and his mate are all on top of the the castle. You know, they're taking a castle. The the chariot carriage carriage. Mm. That's the word. Um, well, it's, isn't it like a giant elephant they get on? Like I think it's like a, some weird big elephant thing. No, they're, um, they're definitely on top of the carriage. The carriage that the the no, fucking no, but the, I think the carriage just looks like an elephant. Anyway, who goes? Oh, it may well. Um, um, anyway, well, so the the police uh, eventually end up uh, sort of firing back, um, yeah. and all hell breaks loose. We can sort of cut yeah. through. All hell breaks loose. They eventually end up starting taking the revolution the and taking the streets. They they starting get everyone. They get very, they get a very localized revolution. Yeah, they get everyone to do the stupidest thing of it, it they make it work, but they are like we need all your furniture to form barricades. So you got people chucking fucking chairs and tables out of windows and they're all smashing immediately. <laughs> they're going to make terrible barricades because they're all just splintered wood. Anyway, sure. they do make uh barricades and they barricade themselves in. Uh, mm. At which point Javert turns up uh, in his hat and he's like, do not mind me, but I can break their ranks. I swear I'm not a spy, you fucks. Um, uh, and uh, he goes uh, and comes back the next day and is like, uh, don't don't worry, lads. Um, they're not going to attack tonight. It's totally going to be. They're definitely not going to attack tonight. And then Gavroche goes, what's he talking about? I've seen oh, him before. It's, it's also important that at this point, uh, so oh Christ. Having been caught, having been seen by the Thanadiers, Jean Valjean's like, we have to leave Paris. Um, and Manu is like, I don't want to leave Paris. I got found a boy. I've got a boyfriend. And he's like, no. But he gets delivered a letter by Gavroche. And the letter by Gavroche is like, by the way, I love you, Amanda Seyfried. I'm Marius and I love you. And he's like, I can't let this. He, he knows that he's like kept Amanda Seyfried, uh, Cosette, I don't know if I keep calling her Amanda Seyfried, isolated for most of her life. And he knows that like at some point he will die. Like he, she needs love too. So yeah. he goes to make sure that Marius doesn't die. He doesn't yeah, do anything so he, else, but he shows up to yeah. make sure Marius doesn't die. Yeah, he's, he, uh, so um, they capture uh, Javert, they tie him up. Um, at some point, uh, the the um, military try to come in and they try to um, uh, take over. There's, there's shots fired and one of them, uh, and Eddie Redman, he's a hero. He grabs a barrel of um, gunpowder oh. And oh, oil yeah. or gunpowder, one or two, um, and and a torch, and goes up to the top of the barricade and uh, to like threaten them. But one dude's got his gun on him, and Ephany 
smart little cookie she is. She's like, I'm going to stop this now. I've got time. I can, you know, I, I, I can grab on to the barrel. I can grab onto the barrel. So where am I going to point it? At my own fucking chest, of course. Where else am I going to point it? In the air? That would be stupid. Um, in in the first of two people acting extremely stupid and then getting shot, um, Ebeneen gets shot. Um, uh, uh, Eddie Redmayne holds her in her arms. Um, in his arms, sorry. Uh, and she goes, I, I kept this letter from you. It's a letter from uh, Cosette. Uh, she loves you. I'm sorry. I'm dead. Um, uh, it's again chucking it's, down with rain. Jamie, uh, and, I, and I think we can just take a moment to agree that I don't understand why Eddie Redmayne would want Cosette rather than Eponine. All right, Eponine, you're the best. You're the best. You're oh, the best. absolutely. He chose wrong. You're great. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, Jean Valjean turns up. Uh, and and he's like, hey lads, and they're like, no, 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 we've seen this before. <laughs> we're, and Gal- we're about and- to hang this dude. <laughs> They've got a noose around your hair, and they're like, uh, he was his fine right to yeah. hang him. And Gavroche again is like, because he's the best fucking lad until about ten minutes from now, and he goes, no, it's fine, lads, I've seen him before. He's sick. Um, uh, he's, and, fucking and, and, he's fucking safe. He's fucking safe. And I safe. think I think he proves it by pointing out an enemy sniper and and shoots him. Um, uh, and, and he's like, look, I'm just here for Javert. That's all I want. Um, is he uh, there for Javert or is he there for Marius? Uh, well, no, he says to them that all he wants is Javert. Um, uh, and I, I would like to explain this scene, Alexander. I know I explain most scenes, but because I'm a dickhead. Um, but, uh, there is something funny about this scene that I would like to talk about. So, um, uh, Javert is like, uh, oh, finally you've come to kill me like the criminal you are. Uh, and he t- uh, takes him out back. He gets a knife out, and he's like, "Fine, just fucking stab me, you slut!" Um, and uh, he doesn't. He he breaks the uh, the chains instead. And he goes, oh, "I now understand what you want. You're trading my life for yours. Just kill me." Because Javert is just insistent on people to kill him constantly in this movie. Um, but he's like, "Look, no, I'm I'm not going to forgive you. You you're you're letting me free because you think I'm going to forgive you. I'm never going to forgive you because you're I'm the." law uh and john john's like no that's just go just go i'm a good man i i don't hold the grudges like you do message um and then uh javert leaves and he fires a shot then he walks back to the revolutionaries and this is how i imagine this conversation should go between him and the revolutionaries (laughs) (laughs) it's john john returns and goes oh lads totally fucking killed him just boom smashed him straight in the face and they're like sweet can we see and he's like Nah, nah. It's, I definitely did it, but like, just don't go back there. <laughs> it's fine. I definitely did it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no one asked for any proof of, of Javert's death. Um, uh, but then we get, uh, I believe, as everyone is going to sleep uh, that night, we get uh, Hugh Jackman's probably fucking fourth solo song at this point, um, uh, which is uh, Bring Him I- Home. But I think with that, I think at this point, um, has Marius been like hit or something? Like Marius has, has collapsed. I can't remember. Yeah, I think he's just exhausted. I think I think oh, he, like he, he gets yeah. shot at some point soon. But like, yeah. So so uh, he sings to God, bring him home. Um, which to, is a to good be song. like, it's please, great. please get this boy, please get this yeah. boy home. Um, um, it is. Big, yeah. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it's the next morning, and the military is. <laughs> And, and here's my impression of Gavroche in this scene. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so fucking cockney and small. There's no way they're going to shoot me. Ah, fuck, they shot me. <laughs> he just fucking walks out. I think that he's trying to get something from the other side of the barricade. I can't remember. I think what he's it trying is. to get supplies or guns or something. It's, yeah, it's weird. He, he just sh- fucking crawls through and <laughs> just gets shot. But no fucking. Anyway, oh, Gavroche, you died as you lived. The most brazen cockney anyone's ever known. Um, as yeah, Gavroche dies. Here's, here's, um, my, here's my question. Do you think the child was actually a cockney, or do you think the child was just very poor at playing a cockney? <laughs> Almost certainly. This is, this is cultural appropriation. Um, anyway, uh, we then... Uh, get the face off basically the yeah, the military they, come in and they they uh attack the the revolutionaries i think they shoot they, here's the thing i think marius gets shot pretty early on and then dragged through the yes uh, jean valjean yeah jean valjean grabs him and saves him um yeah. yeah we need to talk about the sewers in a second because i'm there's sure. a bit i'm unsure of uh, but as jean valjean is taking him away everyone else is just getting surrounded and killed you get the uh quite iconic shot now of like a guy with a red flag uh, and mm. he gets shot and then he's hanging over the window um yeah. uh and yeah then uh jean valjean has taken him down to the sewers and there's someone down there uh who helps direct them can you confirm or deny whether that is Sasha Baron Cohen? It is Sasha Baron Cohen. It's Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> the ninety-eight just lives in the fucking. He's he, so honestly what he's what are you? <laughs> like, what are you I wasn't he's, sure. He's stealing from people. All right, he's going. He's he's like he's <laughs> literally picking stuff off from the dead. So he he, t- he finds the the corpse of Marius because apparently they just collapsed in here. I'm, I can't remember why, but they've like pulled uh, asleep I, from the I, I think I think um uh, Javert is chasing them. Javert is chasing them, and then they they dip into the sewers. Um, sure, no, no, but, but then they're like because he literally takes off the ring from Marius's uh, yes, finger. Yes, yeah. So, so then I think they just out. pass out in the sewers for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, it's it's a long it's a long it's thought. Tiring. Uh, but yeah, it's he's really taking the ring. Uh, Jean Valjean wakes up and then <laughs> it's just covered in shit, just yeah. absolutely caked in uh, in excrement. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, Javert they they try to escape, uh, and Javert finds them at one of the ends. Um, uh, and uh, Jean Valjean is just like, please look, I'm just trying to save this guy's life. Look, I'm I wasn't trying to trade my life for yours. I'll I'll turn myself in, whatever. Like, please just let me mm-hmm. let me do this. Uh, again, caked in shit. I cannot yeah. express how much they also, caked I you, also Jackman. Need in shit. to emphasize, he's lying. All right, he does survive this. Spoilers, and he doesn't turn himself into the law. He goes to a church instead. He just keeps anyway, lying um, to this man. But uh, Javert uh, then gets his. Uh, spoilers infamous, final infamous. song uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah i want to talk about that shot um it is so uh, but yeah, funny. he he sings a song that's basically him him that he, to, to to extrapolate the theme of it is he realizes he is too strict with the law that he is not what society needs anymore that society is moving past and that this strict code of law and if if and the amount of lives he's punished uh, unnecessarily by that if it's possible that not all criminals are abjectly horrible people uh what has he done um and then I, I, oh he, I, so I always read it as like him being like I live by this code and I let this guy go therefore I've broken my code that and like he so he, he he grapples with that of like how can someone be good and also be a criminal but he then is like why well, then let a criminal go and therefore I'm engaging in the cycle and therefore I can't like I can't live within I, yeah. Uh, whatever. It's that's fair. It's, I mean, that, that I, very I well. Too. Yeah. Um, whatever. But yeah. So he's over a, a river, and Tom Hooper. Tom, yeah. <laughs> so he jumps in a river, and Tom Hooper clearly uh, did this shot. 
and he jumped in the river and then they went fuck he lads what well if, if he just jumped in the river like what if they just think he just like lands like normal and just like swims away Better make him just splat himself on a bit of concrete instead. <laughs> and it, it's it's a, like if you watch it, it is a comical like. Sp- it's the funniest. Noise. It's like this kind of like breaking a bunch of celery as he hits the. Yeah. Um, um, the anyway, it's the next morning, uh, and uh, all the all, a bunch of uh, people are clearing up uh, after after clearing up after the revolution. Uh, and we get uh, empty chairs and empty tables. Oh, no. Uh, so, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's also... Um, I think that's a little bit after... So, yeah. There's the, the one song which is like the reprise of um, uh, Women of the Night? Ladies of the Night? Yes. But, but yes. Uh, but it's now Lovely ladies. women. Um, yes. But it's now like, oh, did you see all these guys die? It's very sad. Um, yeah. The... Uh, it's definitely empty chairs and empty tables the hospital. Next. Marius is like recovering a hospital yeah. with Cosette. And... Um, Watch McCall and Jean Valjean's like, peace out, I'm gonna go. Uh, he, he, I think he tells Marius that he's just gonna leave, tell Cosette, I love her. Marius then goes to the, uh, goes to the kind of where they had all their meetings, sings empty chairs, empty tables in a yeah, very good song. About, his, face just, yes. it, gonna, he, his face starts vibrating a lot. He's like, empty Yes, and, and he is the sweatiest man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we get yet another uh, extreme close up. Uh, and you can guess what the message of empty chairs and empty tables is. It's about how everyone's dead. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, he then, so... he then renounces his life of uh, left-wing politics, becomes rich again <laughs> in bourgeois, and uh, yep. gets married in a giant fucking castle, thinking, you know what? Don't care about quality anymore. I've got a lady with me. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Uh, the Thenardiers, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen and Helen Ron Carter are dressed up in all fancy garb, uh, trying to smooth their way in. Um, they get caught by uh, Eddie Redmayne. They get like, caught by oh, Fuck off, lads. Yeah. Um, uh, then... Hugh Jackman sings another song while he's no, so dying. What, so what they say, what they say is so basically what then they go. By the way, you know Jean Valjean. Yeah, Jean Valjean murdered someone. What really? How do you know? Because we were in the sewers the night of that revolution, and he had a corpse down there. Look, I even got the guy's ring, and Marius is like, "That's my ring, bitch." <laughs> and seemingly, I, don't, I can't. I, I assume the Thenardiers know where he is because they've been looking for for him. And they can't find him because it's the wedding day. They yeah. then go to they they trace him down to. Um, the uh, the nunnery Church. where um, yeah, it's the, yeah. I, I believe it's the nunnery where um, they kind of escaped uh, the first time. Um, it's the I think the song is called like uh, Jean Valjean's death, uh, but it's it's kind of a surprise to like bring him home. Um, they or this submission to to bring him home. Um, Fontaine shows up and by this point if you're not fucking balling you're dead on the inside <laughs> Jean just like did I lead a good life and everyone's like you're coming home you're redeemed now you're saved and or maybe it's on my own who knows who gives a crap um, yeah. and just bawling just just tears just literally you don't know how I watched this film last night I watched this film on my fucking iPhone because I don't have Wi-Fi so I had to download it at my office oh my that, this is all I could do I downloaded the office Alyssa came in she watched the first 30 minutes had to go out came back two hours later there's still 20 minutes left watched the last 10 minutes of this and as the song happens she starts bawling and again <laughs> for all the flaws in this film it is emotionally quite powerful and you just start crying and they're going um, through and he dies his soul yeah. goes off they, yeah. they uh cosette and marius are like stay with me stay with me he's like nah bitch i'm dead because here's something which not explained in the film at all i believe he catches dysentery in the sewers i think going into the sewers he uh, catches, makes sense he catches some kind of disease and dies I mean, with that. I, I, again i i cannot stress enough how much he was caked in shit so yeah, that yeah, uh, does make sense shit, right and you probably and then would we die get... of going to 
we get a last rendition of uh, Do You Hear the People Sing with uh, everyone who has died uh, is back. They're on um, like the Arc Bigger. de Triomphe or something like that. No, um, I think they're back where they were originally, but there's now, whereas before there was like this kind of small, now it's like, it's it's all the dispossessed, the 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 les miserables, the 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 the, the dispossessed of uh, France um, are in heaven un- unified, and they uh, get to sing in the uh, I think it's like the Garden of the God kind of thing. The looks mentioned all the way through, and the barricade, which was once so small, is now so giant and all along, and there's so many people waving these flags, and and you know the the, the their struggle is over, and they can move to a place in which they are all equal. Um, which is cool, and then the movie ends. Yeah, um, I don't have an anagram. Uh, I've uh, got, can you make? Yeah, go for it. Uh, small, sorry, small B rises. Okay, Cause, cause, fantastic. Because because Ross, he's like a little B, and he's small, and he rises yeah. and then dies. Uh, for people who don't know, that's the part of the show where we take the. Uh, title of the show uh and try to make an anagram out of it to describe the plot uh hence anagrams um so let's talk about this film now alexander do you want immediately straight out the gates my hot take about labels go, go for it okay yeah. so Eight years, 10 years long um many many people complained about uh the the close-up shots and 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 yeah. it uh uh, and how uh, all, all of it just being a gimmick and not really worth it. I think all the people who complained about that are fucking musical nerds. I think yeah. it works. I think it's good. I, th- I, I think it is... I will freely admit that maybe it's used one or two too many times, sure. but this is a fucking film. It is a film adaptation of a stage musical. And you know what you can do in a film? You can explore people's emotions sure. close up. If you watch mm. this fucking musical at a theater, unless you are very rich, you are yeah. probably 500 fucking meters from the stage. And so yes, it has to be big and showy and you probably don't see many of the emotions that are on these faces. This is a film adaptation. It is a different medium. Why not explore it in the ways that so, benefit the medium? So. If you want no, I'm not done, Alexander. Okay. If you want to watch the stage production on screen, fucking go watch the stage production. There's been plenty of fucking recordings of it, you fucking nerds. There's so, my take. Okay. I think that's fair enough. And that's a good attack on the musical theatre criticism of this. What I will say, the, the the and it's a problem with like Tom, this is not an original criticism, and I think it is probably true. Tom Hooper is actually weirdly a little bit like uh, Zack Snyder in that like he doesn't necessarily know when you don't need to play everything to the most intense humanly possible in terms of (laughs) your camera angles so pretty much every shot is super fucking like if you just took a still of it you'd be like well that's kind of a cool photo but it's every shot is done as intensely as possible it's mm-hmm. all there's, there's all these angles there's all this shaky camera there's all this like negative space and it what it means is that you kind of get a wash when it comes to visual intensity so the the moments where Hugh Jackman's singing and he's like what are you doing got all this kind of stuff are really powerful but then also when we have shots of the chorus and it's also done that intensely and it's also done that weirdly it means that those moments don't necessarily stand out from that so from what I would say, from a not from a musical perspective, from a, from a filmic, technical perspective, there, the criticism that the, the, he plays it so 
so aggressive in his shots, I think holds some weight. Yeah. And I think, I think like you said, right? Like, sure, sometimes uh, some of the, the scenes don't necessarily need it, but it's, it's, and I, I don't think it's all the time, because actually, I agree. I quite like it. I, I, I at very least like that he's out there doing some weird stuff. Um, I, I think weirdly, weirdly for this film, actually, visually it reminds me a lot of something like, probably because of the number of long shots, but something like um, uh, Children of Men uh, mm. by Quran, uh, Alfonso Quran, which I actually think it visually has a lot of things similar with. But I just think that like Quran is better and his cinematographer, more importantly, are better at framing. Um, so like, I think there is, but at the same time, like, I think there's a load of like, there's so much good stuff in there that I don't mind the stuff when it's, you know, if you're gonna play that, if you play everything to one hundred and ten every time, some of that stuff doesn't need to be at that level, and that's fine. But I like I like the stuff that does need to be at that level. That's, so I don't, I don't... that's fair. I think my argument would be if there's any movie to do that for, it's this movie. Mm. It's Lame Is. It like no, I agree. Yeah. I, Lame Is is a fucking weird musical. It is. I'm sorry, any musical theatre sure. fans out there that hold it up as a golden goose. It's a oh, fucking it's weird musical. I, it works, but you really have to buy into the dramatics of it. Yeah. And so if there is any movie to do it for, it would be that. Right, yeah, yeah, hot no. take number yeah. two, Alexander. Hit me, hit me. Russell Crowe is fine in this film. I, yeah. I had heard everyone say that Russell Crowe fucking sucks and he was joked about for eight. And I was expecting, you know, fucking Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia levels. He is absolutely fucking fine in his vocals. In his acting, I think he's good. I think it is a difficult role to be the imposing lawman opposite Hugh Jackman. Mm. And it sort of ties in with my issues with a lot of people complaining about the casting of this, which is that because it's a film adaptation, they were focusing more on the emotional side of things. And yes, that means that you are potentially... Obviously, there is, they're going for star casting. I'm not saying there are any musical mm. theatre actors who can't also act, but they are going for the acting side of things. Yeah. And you can see that in, say, Anne Hathaway. Is that the best vocal performance of I Dreamed a Dream that ever existed? Probably not. Fucking Susan Boyle probably sung it better. But is the emotional weight of it the best that has been done? Arguably, yes. The emotional weight of that song is acted. And so with Russell Crowe, his singing is fine. It's fine. He's going for something. He's clearly not the strongest singer. So he's kind of (laughs) like, it is kind of funny every now and then to have, you know, uh, fucking... Um, uh, 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 Hugh Jackman uh, coming in with his, with his lovely voice and then just so, fucking storming out of nowhere. Hello, I am Russell Crowe. Um, but yeah. it works and, and it's nowhere near as bad as I was expecting it's, it to be. Here's my thing. I, I remember at the time um, having friends who were really into musicals insisting to me that actually Russell Crowe's performance was, uh, singing was better than uh, Hugh Jackman's on this. And l- watching it back now, I kind of get that slightly more because I think Russell Crowe is singing more than Hugh Jackman is singing like it's it's you know he has a lot of songs which are sung but he Hugh Jackman gets what Tom Hooper is going for and then gives that 100% right like so in the world of the show he's doing the thing where he is speak singing like he is kind of doing this kind of interesting version of singing where you're really kind of like speaking and really like putting emotion into that kind of stuff and within so within the style of singing in the musical Russell Crowe is not within that. He's giving... No. He is like a guy who is... Who's got not, not that great a range, not that lovely a quality of voice when it comes... Because his voice sounds like this. It's really yeah. forced. He pushes it hard all the time. But 
he clearly took lessons and he clearly tried. And I don't think he's terrible. You're right. No. It's not. It's not. When, uh, if you'd leave my darling, won't you leave my ass away? <laughs> um, which is still my favourite performance of anyone in any musical ever. Mamma Mia is great. Why don't we... We should just do Mamma Mia in review. I want to do that. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's all interesting and I like that. And I, I, I mostly agree with you. Take number three. Go. Yes. I've got my final take. My final, final hot take. take. And this is... Not to disparage the first person that I'm going to mention uh, here, uh, but more to uphold the second person. Anne Hathaway only gets her Oscar because she is the more bankable star. Samantha Banks, Samantha Banks, Samantha Barks, Samantha Eponine uh, (laughs) does a better performance for me. Uh, I think if you are including, I I think she brings as much emotional weight to the performance. uh, And I think she sings a whole fucking lot better uh and admittedly this goes against what i just said about uh, them going for actors but this is a musical and if you consider uh part of the musical performance to be the vocal quality uh eponine is significantly sure. yeah, better yeah. i would say I, I i will i will reverse on that though Okay. Which I'm saying, uno reverso of course sure, sure, sure. <laughs> i'm going to ipso facto uno reverso but um to say that the Oscars are giving awards not for musical performance but for acting performance uh, because of that. So I I agree, right? Like we, we you went to drama school. I I love theatre. I love all that kind of stuff. In theatre and in musicals, you would give the award also based on vocal quality and also so so your musical performance would be factored into um, what it what makes you the best actor because it's it because the medium innately is sort of that within the Oscars where the medium is acting compared to all the other films this year not necessarily to all the other musicals this year because something like the Tonys would separate best performance in a musical I think to best performance in a play because they yeah. are different things and they, they have different criteria I do think Anne Hathaway like the performance that Anne Hathaway gives I, it, 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 the performance she gives is better the 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 song is you know I, I agree that On My Own is sung better and, and is, is probably rel- not maybe quite as moving but like is is better done than um, uh, I Dreamed, I dreamed a, dream. a Dream. But it's just that, like, it's the bits where she's, like, in I Dreamed a Dream, where she's, like, like, like heave, where she's, like, you know, the, the, when you're crying and you're, like, you kind of go, <gasps> like, you kind of, the, 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 you lose the ability to speak almost, and that she can both do that, which is tough, and, like, yep. sobbing, and also sing at the same time, and sing really well at the same time. It's not, like you said, it's not Susan Boyle, all right? She's not Susie B, <laughs> but she is giving, actually, compared to 90% of the performers in this, she's giving a yep. very, very good vocal, she's not Samantha, but she's, she's giving... Probably she's the second prob- best prob- prob- yeah, probably in the, uh, he's definitely in the top three. I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I would and say her, her, Hugh Jackman, and yeah. um, and Samantha are and are doing that while separated. giving this. So she's giving that kind of top three vocal performance while also giving them like doing the most emotionally intense scene of the show is an incredible acting feat. And I and I will I will give her credit for that. Can I can I quickly give have you got hot, have you got a hot take? <laughs> Well, I was going to round up on my. I was going to move across the thoughts, you know. I was going to okay. move across, across to our rating. So naturally, when we talk about um, uh, these shows, what we do is we break it down into four categories. So of course, we talk about the film out of five. Mm-hmm. We talk about Anne Hathaway's performance out of five. We go mm-hmm. to the Anne Hathaway uh, America's Sweetheartometer, which is mm-hmm. how much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway, uh, which will be interesting this week, I guess. And then finally, we talk about um, uh, well, Anne's man's. Uh, the list uh, yes, of, are, uh, are we? Are we? Who? Who? who there's, there's are, we, t- are you, are you counting Hugh Jackman? 
Uh, well, I would technically there are two. Uh, one is uh, oh, you're uh, not because Zet's father, and one of course is Hugh Jackman, oh, who I guess fuck. it's not even a romantic interest. I think maybe it's no, just no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will it's not. It's implied, I will. Jamie. I will I'm, not I'm, let I'm, you have Sasha Baron Cohen. They do not no, 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 even no, no, no. appear on no, no, no. screen together. Sorry, Sasha Baron Cohen is not Cosette's father. Oh no, we don't see not. we don't see Cosette's father in the Wait. film. He's, he's, no, he's fuck that. To. But <laughs> no. I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream is about him, Jamie. I no. dreamed a dream is about no, him. So you, you know do what, Jamie? Not get I, get, to put I, get, I get to put him on my list. I get it's my list. That's my hot take, Jamie. My hot take is I get to put this man who's just going to be in the film on my list. Right, it's not going to high up on the list. He's going to be on the list. Hugh Jackman isn't on the list unless you count dead Hugh Jackman. I don't think so. Anyway, wait. So wait, no. Who who are the two people then? And then we put it in the hangs back or not. So no, wait, no, 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 no. It is Cosette's father. Cosette's father. I'm Cosette's father on the list, but I will and no one say else. later. Okay. Yeah, no one else. Okay. Not Brian Kijan because they don't, they don't, okay. they don't have romance. You can have relationships okay. with the men and it not be nearly romantic, um, okay. or sexual, um, but uh, or like platonically romantic. Anyway, uh, the or a cat. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> what I was going to say was. Um, so to talk about the kind of ratings of this film, I I saw this film when I was uh, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the day I had just been rejected from Oxford, uh, oh. I got my re- I didn't get my rejection letter. Um, I everyone else in my school got a rejection letter. I was at a boarding school. I was all by myself. Everyone else letter came that day. Uh, whereas and... you you got you got called up by the dean of Oxford, who is your uncle, and he went, "Look, yeah. oh mate, it would just oh, really sorry, it would look mate. too. Mm. Oh, we can't, you couldn't, know, nepotism. We've got real issues get you with in. it. Nepotism get you in. No, so I I'd play it to uh, Chris Elementary, so I think it's like Lady Mary Hall or I can't remember, Lady Margaret Hall, whatever. And they, whereas everyone else, the letter was uh, due to arrive for the day they said you get your letters. LMH decided to uh, only send their letters that day. And I was like, this is bullshit. So I sent them an email saying, hi, by the way, I'm right about to go to Africa. Where I went now. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to go on, I'm about to go on, I can't even say uh, Africa where it is, but I was like, I'm about to go on holiday somewhere where I can't, where I won't have internet. Can you just tell me whether or not I got rejected? And they were like, "Really? So you got rejected?" And I got this in a history class. It fucking sucks. Uh, and and as a, yeah, probably fucking what ninety percent of all kids in the UK who uh, are vaguely intelligent for the class and have tried to apply will have gone rejected. So similar thing, I'm sure, for lots of people. But I I was at boarding no, school. No, but you're very special. Alone. You're I'm special. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but but I was very alone, and I was boarding, and I was by myself and you know the thing which you've been looking forward to or you were hoping to do since you were eight years old failed both my both my parents had gone i had been very hopeful not so no luck and my mum and dad were weren't even in edinburgh so i I was boarding in edinburgh and where we lived but my mum was a a house mistress at another school quite far north and um so i wasn't expecting them to come down and they came all the way, so they drove two hours to to come see me. And they said, "Let's go to ZZ's," and we went to ZZ's, and they went, "Let's go watch Les Mis." Watch Les Mis, which is a two-hour, forty-five-minute film. And mm. uh, you know what? If you need a good cry, uh, Les Miserables <laughs> is a fucking great film. I, I, I don't know where I don't know where you'd get that hint from. Uh, potentially in in any of the the, the titles of yeah, the yeah. film. <laughs> but if you need a film to go, life is <laughs> your life as a fucking uh, very well-off little shit who ends up going to St. Andrews, isn't that bad. And to think, you know what, some people have it a lot worse. And to cry through that as a cathartic experience, there is not a single film better to see in cinemas than Lame is in 2012. So I, I will uh, Well, no, I, I actually, I actually remember you you, uh, you texting me after you came out uh, and, and you said, uh, me having fe- 
been rejected from Oxford. I, I now know the pain of these people growing up well, in 1815 France. My, my, my dad did. So my dad drove me back after to drop me off at this school. And um, he did turn to me and went, could be worse. You could be in French communist he- heaven, which, uh, you know, what holds up. <laughs> is French communist heaven a separate heaven? It is. Just, it is. It's just it is. these Jamie, 40 Jamie, people. Here's the thing. I've got to be honest. All the other communists, except for the bad communists, are allowed normal heaven. French communist heaven, that's just for them because they're insufferable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's also separately British anarcho-communist heaven, which is another thing entirely. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a great film if you need a wee cry. It's it's ev- like I said, right? Everything is turned up to 110. Yeah, everything is the most intense it could possibly be. If you are a hardcore musical theatre fan, I don't think that this film is necessarily for you. If because you you're a fucking a nerd, of- and if you want to go see sure. it, go fucking see it on stage. You fucking if you want to go nerd. see it? Pay fucking eighty quid for a ticket. You <laughs> fucking bastard um but no I, I i just to say like if you were a fan of subtlety the film is not for you but if you're if you if you need catharsis there is no film more than famous Rabla, which is just like it's a load of cathartic feeling whatever whatever fucking aristotle talked about you know several thousand years ago when he's talking about how the the way in which uh drama works it, it very much is the case it's, is it perfect no it's the best musical of all time no it's the best film of all time no and yet and yet there is something incredibly good about it, and I, I, I appreciate it for that. What about you? What are you going to give it? Um, well, you haven't given your rate yet, but um, I, I was five. really hoping five. Oh, you're getting five. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that. Re- oh, fuck you. Sorry. I was J- really Jamie hates hoping. it when we both like a thing. I know. I was really hoping, like I was, because I, I, I had not seen it up until this point, um, but I had known all of the like relative backlash it received in later um, years in, like which, uh, even at the time i well, think it, not, got, it got it got it got it got a perfect so you were storm. friends with you yeah. were friends with uh, annoying theater people back in yes. 2012 jb i was by myself in annoying theater like <laughs> high school world okay i i think i think it got a perfect storm of hate from both sides of people who don't like musicals and people who really like musicals or specifically really like Les Mis. And I'm not saying that everyone who likes Les Mis dislike this, but there were plenty of cohort of people who wanted to see Les Mis on stage. And, and what I, I should, we should be fair, considering neither of us have this opinion, we should clarify what people mostly had an issue with, which is that Les Mis, the stage show, is very big and bombastic and, and huge set pieces. Um, yeah. and, and massive choreography and that uh, zooming in tightly on uh, one person for every single song uh, doesn't necessarily get that across. That is people's argument. I have expressed that you're all fucking nerds, but that is the argument. Um, so it did it did receive a, a decent amount of backlash and things like Russell Crowe just being memed for fucking death. Um, I went into this expecting it to be uh, way worse than it was. And therefore, when I came out really enjoying it, I was really hoping you were going to have the opposite opinion so we could have a little bit of a tussle on the podcast. Um, but uh, we, we do not. Uh, I agree. I, I really enjoy it. Like you say, and, and like I've expressed, I think this is a very interesting opportunity to explore those extreme dramatic emotions through the medium in which it is being presented i think this is uh, a thing that happens across too many things with just adaptations in general when something is adapted it is being adapted for a new medium and so to just want the original medium but presented on screen is a boring adaptation you should be 
taking aspects of it that really work and then heightening other aspects that would work better for screen that i think yeah. tom hooper does now do i think he does it a little bit too much and you know maybe maybe something like uh empty chairs and empty tables um and and like uh hugh jackman right at the end maybe you could do a little bit more intri- maybe there is more interesting visualization you could explore through sure. the medium of film that would be interesting yeah uh maybe but i really fucking enjoyed it i enjoyed it so much i give considered it watching it i'm gonna give it a score i was just gonna say i could what enjoyed it so much i considered re-watching it again this morning and it's a two hours 45 minute film um uh yeah uh well well i'll leave uh some comments about general performances mm. uh along with Anne hathaway's but uh, i agree it's a five um yeah. i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm very uh, glad to have enjoyed it it's, as well you know what i'm gonna say it does not surprise me that you like this, considering you once uh, stated that uh, watching La La Land made you want to go to drama school. Um, <laughs> because they share a naturalistic oh. sentiment, and they're both naturalistic musicals, so I like that. As, I appreciate as that. someone who has um, more or less given up on his acting career, who knows, maybe I'll go back to it. Uh, but I now have a very complicated relationship with La La Land. <laughs> It's it's very difficult to think about that movie now because if we consider that I have given up on acting, yes, then it, it that is a that is like a villain origin story movie for me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so give it five stars. Um, yeah, I'll give it five. I'm good at five. I'm okay, really cool. It. Anne Hathaway's um, performance. I want to talk about this uh, briefly. Yep. Uh, we're going kind of long, but that's always fine. I actually have a friend's thoughts to read after this, which is why I'm okay. moving through. But um, the I think the important thing is, uh, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we talked. That's the thing. Why I'm moving through this quickly is we talked about it. I think yeah. she's very, very good. I think she thoroughly yeah. well deserves uh, an Academy Award for this. I I think what is interesting, and I maintain that it's a weird cycle with films. And someone talks about it in terms of like uh, dude actors, where it's. What happens is you you start off, you're in interesting movies. You get cast in a load of bigger movies, which tend to be bad. Eventually, you stop being interesting to people. So you then get put back into more interesting films in smaller roles, or smaller, like, you know, bigger, like, small but influential roles in the, the indie films or whatever, to uh, get back some level of interest in you, win an Academy Awards, go back into big, boring films. It's interesting that Anne Hathaway almost does not necessarily the opposite, but she goes from she never she did she did indie films a little bit in that middle period, right? So she goes and does Brick Rat Mountain, she goes and does Richard Getting Married, or uh, well, not necessarily indie, but like smaller films. Yeah. In this period of her career, instead, what she does is they're not necessarily films in which she is headlining the film. Right? It's not like Catwoman Rises. It's not um, Lay Miserable. Just ends at Fontaine. The, the, the sad Fontaine. <laughs> yeah, the sad Fontaine. The <laughs> miserable Fontaine. Um, Lay Miserable. Uh, sorry, it's like Lay Miserable colon Origins colon Fontaine. <laughs> um, but uh, she just comes and she fucking nails it, and like it's nice because as. There is a period with it happened with Tom Hanks too, where you sit there and you're in the middle of this. I haven't seen a good Anne Hathaway movie in a while. Is she a good actor? And then you get to Les Mis and you're like, she is a good actor. It's the yeah. movies that she's choosing to be in. I don't like. Yeah, but, but I think this is great. I, at five, I, I think it's great. Uh, I agree. I, I won't say anymore. I think it's really good. I think it's um, no. I did have one thing to say, and it's completely slipped my brain. I think it's interesting. Um, oh no, I do remember. Uh, I. Much like uh, in Brokeback Mountain, I talked a lot about uh, that phone call where she is delivering news about Jake Gyllenhaal dying uh, and how that is a moment that, and I was correct, uh, has and will stick with me. Um, Her singing I Dreamed a Dream is that exact kind of moment. And I think 
uh, irrelevant of, as you say, film choices. Um, it is those sorts of moments where you go, okay, no, that that actor can can really tap into something. Yeah. Not to get too wanky, which I will talk about in the America's Sweetheartometer. Um, but th- it's those sorts of moments that really make me go, okay, there's yeah. there's fucking something there. Um, so I will give it a five. However, to move on to America's Sweetheartometer and to link myself into that, um, this is going to be a low America's Sweetheartometer because. This is the start of everyone uh, hating uh, Anne Hathaway. So I'm and give I the want the opposite to you, but yes, carry on. I want to explain why this is the start yeah. of everyone hating Anne Hathaway. They all suck. No, it's because Anne Hathaway's I'm, great. Anne Hathaway's and, great. And, well, yes, yes, yes. So all true. Face. All true. But uh, and it started with the Oscars, and it's carried on here. Um, people don't like theatre kits. Yeah, they don't. And does, I understand does. why. Yeah. Having been one and been around them, they suck. Well, have Jamie, you ever been Jamie. have you ever been anywhere near someone who says I was in Les Mis in school? They are the worst mm. fucking person you've ever met in your life. And, imp- and importantly, uh, Jamie, yeah. you also attacked uh, theatre kids in this very podcast before you even mentioned this. You just, na- <laughs> yes. just naturally. I mean, you know what's, and, and I hate to say it, guys, as theatre kids ourselves, you know what's worse than theatre kids? Musical theatre kids. That's yes. worse. So much worse. Um, and so Anne Hathaway, both through this and then I will say her award season, which we haven't yeah. really talked about, but it it is what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, is the way in which she uh, really leaned into the... And I will say that plenty of men also do this Dude, and don't get that, the same slack. So, of course, there is yeah. sexism involved here. And I'm not saying that I agree, but I want to... I think a lot of people have been like, why does everyone hate Anne Hathaway? And I think it is exactly sure. this. She acts like a theatre kid. And she is. She is a theatre kid. She's and that's that, fine. Yeah, she... But 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 that a lot of people don't like fucking theatre kids. And I understand why. Um, sure. So both in the fact that you're in Les Mis. And Les yeah. Mis, I'm sorry, is mm. the wankiest fucking musical. It's musicals people picture as Ooh. like really fun and up upbeat. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And then there's Les Mis where it's like, no, now here's, we are singing and it's important. Here's my thing yep. with, with that. I actually think the wankiest musicals are all uh, Stephen Sondheim musicals. I just think most people haven't seen Stephen Sondheim musicals, and That's so therefore fair. they just attack Les Mis. Les Mis is the one you think about, right? Like yes. the, the musicals people think about, historically speaking, are Cats, um, which is a lot of a lot of people's uh, Phantom, another one which a lot of people have experienced. Um, Les Mis, which is another like Les Mis is the longest running musical in London now. Uh, Phantom is the longest one in New York, um, and uh, I'm trying to it's pretty, like Hamilton. Like, I, guess, I guess maybe Hamilton sort now, of, yeah. The Lion King. The, actually, the Lion yeah. King is more than Hamilton. We'll say those four. Yeah. Um, so, and of those four, Lamez is the most wanky. Yes. Yeah, it is. And I, I say that as someone who does enjoy it, but you do have to yeah. buy in to enjoy sure. it. Sure. And so, I will give an undeserved, from my own personal opinion, but if this is America's mm. Sweet Tartometer, I will give her a minus three because she revealed sure. herself to be the theatre kid she is. And I'm sure. sorry, I'm sorry, little Annie. <laughs> people don't like theatre kids so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there I'm going to go the exact opposite way I think this okay. is peak Anne Hathaway so in terms of America's Sweet so don't get me wrong I think I think the anti Anne Hathaway sentiment is broiling and by the time it gets to the Oscars where she wins yeah. I think it's I think it's 100% really ranked ratcheted up but I think in terms of the, the, in terms of Anne Hathaway exposure this was peak Anne Hathaway so I'm giving it a five yeah. I think this is Ooh, she's the most sweetheart Fives but because she's therefore the, the most exposed that, therefore the, the the again like you said sexist sentiments that 
Because here's my issue. People hate Anne Hathaway for this because Anne Hathaway played the game to win an Oscar, right? Yep. Like, she did, she did what she was asked to do. She went out. She got overexposed because people wanted to overexpose her so they could make the movie make more money so she could get an Oscar, all that kind of crap. She did that. And people dislike when we see women too much and when they're put in situations in which we have to see them repeat stuff. And we, whereas we like, and people reward dudes for the same thing. And yeah, where, where, that, whereas, whereas out, fucking like, Tom, Tom Holland will go out yeah. and be super adorkable in every yeah, single yeah, yeah, interview. Yeah, exactly. And that totally won't drive sales towards Marvel. Um, sure. I'm, I'm being mean, to, but I'm just pointing yeah, out yeah, the double standards. No, 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 no. But, but no, I agree. It's, it's a double standard. I think like, when we talk about the Anne Hathaway hate, I think it's important that we talk about Don Simon. I will say, I do think it's my favorite thing in the world that, like, um, you kind of see occasion, you know, like on those occasions which um, the, uh, uh, black Twitter, which is to say the, uh, the kind of, um, you know, the cultural zeitgeist of uh, amongst kind of um, largely like African American conversations happen more. And they talk about like the white actors they like. Uh, it is solely Tom Hanks and Anne Hathaway, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, that apparently. No, uh, Alexander, you're revealing our plan. <laughs> <laughs> To a large African American <laughs> fan base, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, but yes, uh, so anyway, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Anyway, is this going in your Hanks Bank? Blanks Bank. Blanks Bank. What, what, no, what, the, what the fuck are you talking oh, about, Al? Do you even right, know right. what Dan this Hathaway, podcast is? Dan Hathaway uh, Himbo Meter. I apologize. I, I agree. <laughs> no, oh, well, no, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the fact that we stash away these films. We're only fucking 28 episodes into, into season... No, 25. 25 episodes into season two, and you still don't know the name of the season. Um, but yeah, slot your imaginary fucking bloke somewhere in your goddamn list. Okay, okay one sec. This is really important, uh, which is... Uh... So for people who don't know, this is Anne's Mans. This is where we are uh, creating a list ranking every single love interest in every uh, Anne Hathaway movie. Um, I like to keep it strictly to, um, you know, actual love interests in the movies. Uh, and Al will just stick anyone that's even hey, mentioned. I'm not I'm not putting uh, John Bajon in here. He's too precious for this world. Yeah, that's Look, fine. The important yeah, thing you, is you'll fucking stick the slideshow blokes last, from Princess Diaries. Sure. Last week we kind of had Batman in there. Uh, you know, well, we Batman was in the top five because he's Batman. It's kind of cool, you know, beyond Batman out there. He's, he's, he's rich. Uh, and also, you know, Chris's job in the end. Um, Cosette's father, uh, who is mentioned under who the song, including because in the song, uh, I Dream to Dream, she's like, oh, I'm still, I still romantically pine for you. I wish, I wish that you'd come and get me out of this hell I'm living in. Um, he goes, so he's, he's pretty much in the bottom five, <laughs> going straight in. Um, the question is, do I hate Cosette's father, who ultimately leads to Cosette uh, Fonzine dying, more than I hate uh, White Hove uh, from Havoc, uh, Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries, James Franco, and then number well, that's of course, alleged racist piece of shit. I, don't think, I think we can just take alleged out of that. I'm just gonna, it's just a racist piece of shit, Lawrence Fox from The Cunning Jane. And ultimately, despite the, fa- the fact that Cosette's father leads to the death of Fontaine, I actually prefer him to Arctic Monkey Guy, James Franco, a racist <laughs> piece of shit. So he goes in at number 29, uh, oh. which is just uh, just below uh, White Hope from Havoc, who is the uh, kid who raps and I think says the N-word. Uh, and it's above Arctic Monkey Boy, uh, James Franco, and racist piece of shit, Lawrence Fox. Oh my God. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Do you, um, remember when Lawrence, do you remember when Lawrence Fox was like, oh, I dislike the fact that in 1917 there's a Sikh soldier? And it's like, piss off. Piss <laughs> off, man. Oh, piss dear. off. And just factually fucking inaccurate. Yeah. Anyway. Turns out, um, guys, we forced a load of people from around the world to come fight our wars for us. And that's um, not fair. Also, there were Sikh people in the UK by that point. Alexander, let me ask you the question correctly. Dominant. Are you going to stash away this film? Yeah. 
Yes, I like it. I think it's good. Uh, rewatching it, I you know what? Don't watch it on your phone, okay? Get a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> have yourself a nice cold glass of uh, a wine, the color of blood, an angry man, uh, and uh, sit down and enjoy this on the biggest screen you possibly can. Um, you? Yeah, and I, I, I'm not. I'm, I was waiting to see if you'd ask me, but you're not. Uh, so yes, I am also going. I did. To, it's uh, a new. Oh, I did. Oh, sorry, I missed that that one word. Sorry, the the the, the actual entire fucking point of this podcast. Right, right. You're gonna reduce it down to one word. You question mark? Okay. Is that is that maybe not even the word? Maybe you just did a letter. All right, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Uh, now we've stashed this away. Uh, we have yeah. time for a friends thoughts. Friends thoughts. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't do it. Friends thoughts. Friends thoughts. Right, thank you. You didn't double dab, guys. It's really sad. Uh, especially because we haven't had friends' thoughts for a while, so this is important. It's uh, coming from Alyssa. What the fuck? I am sitting here catching up on my podcasts. I'm currently listening to podcasts from January. Ella Enchanted featuring Ellen White. Well, this will be great, I think to myself. I can't hear what, uh, Ellen, what Ellen has to say about her ratings. But alas, I tune in and she is on the episode from the very beginning. Hmm, Jamie, <laughs> you say on this podcast I will be pissed when I listen to it in two months. Well, it may have been six months, but I am still, indeed, seething. <laughs> I only got to discuss uh, discuss the rankings for You've Got Mail. Have you forgotten all of the times that the two of you banished me to your bedroom while you recorded? Uh, do I get no sympathy for this? The only way that I can forgive the two of you is if you let me on to the whole podcast for Ocean's 8. As much as I am just on the, seat of, the edge of my seat waiting to see what you two men have to say about Ocean's 8, <laughs> you need me for that episode. The whole thing. And if you don't like it, beware. That's a threat. That was our first friends for threat we got. Look, Alexander, um, considering last time... Um, we had Alyssa on the podcast, and she is right. Only for the ratings uh, to discuss, you've got mail. Uh, I had to sit in the most awkward position I have ever been as I am seeing a domestic bubbling in front of me. Um, I can only say that I am absolutely fine for Alyssa to be on the podcast, and I'm thankful it's going to be over Zoom this time. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Here's my thing. What I love is that every time Jamie recounts this, he's like, you guys were really arguing. That's just how Alyssa and I talk. You know, that's just, that's just how we, it's not really, that, you know, we both love each other still. Uh, <laughs> nice correction for six months from very now. Differently. It was that I didn't like You Got Mail and uh, Alyssa. You actually liked it more than me. Anyway, but uh, yes, that is a friend's thoughts. I also, this isn't a friend's thoughts, but I will mention it now because it's maybe the best text I've ever gotten uh, okay. from Alyssa just briefly, uh, This, uh, which was, oh my God, oh my God, also... I got truly attacked by a crow on my way into bar class. <laughs> its talons literally were in my hair. It was horrible. That's the last message I've had from her. I hope she's okay. Oh, fuck. This, that's going to be really unfortunate if we can't have her on the podcast because she's died to a crow attack. Honestly, imagine surviving COVID and getting killed by a crow. That would be so, so embarrassing. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, thank you for joining us for uh, somehow not our longest episode of the last three episodes yeah. <laughs> we've uh but um you can of course uh follow us at blank spank pod on twitter you can follow me at jamie p loxton al at al underscore c's underscore stuff uh what else can they do uh in the next week alexander while i look up what we're actually reviewing next week guys you can go out you can uh, get your vaccine first of all i got vaccinated this week that's very good fun uh you can 
go spread the gospel now you can go preach in the streets you can uh if depending where you are if you have two shots and the local health authority says you can you might be able to take your mask off and scream it from the top of your lungs uh, but preferably still two meters away from people to make sure that you don't uh, risk anyone or risk yourself indeed uh you can go out and just download every episode that we really appreciated like and subscribe uh you know just give us five stars on everything that really helps out uh and yeah just you know Live your best life. I'm getting a puppy in two weeks, guys. That's I'm, This is Ooh. my life. Um, and, of course, you can join us next week uh, when we will be reviewing uh, the most king shit anyone's ever done, uh, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Don John. Um, I'm king fairly shit. sure that Anne Hathaway uh, is only in that for about uh, 30 seconds. So it's going to be a classic old Flying Spank episode, lads. Uh, join us next week, and I promise it will be slightly shorter. So from me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Do you hear the people podcast singing the songs of angry men? <laughs> it is the words of two who dudes who maybe should get therapy when the beating <laughs> of your podcast player matches the beating of the drums. It is the light that comes with self-actualization. You know what? Maybe I should start writing this shit down just beforehand. The no, it's no, not a strong injury. Need to learn to go out on a strong note. Should have stopped yeah, at therapy. Yeah. You had it. You had the. You had, had it. it out. Oh. God damn it! Blank spank. <laughs>